And sorry to disappoint, it is not Matt Mosley. Ward White sitting in for Matt Mosley here on this Monday afternoon. Aaron Sexton alongside as we make our way through the second hour of the Matt Mosley Show. Joining us now from the Oklahoman, Ryan Aber. Talk a little Sooners and Big 12. Ryan, how are we this afternoon, sir? Doing great. How are you doing this afternoon? Outstanding. I appreciate you hopping on and spending a little bit of time with me. All right, right off the bat, Ryan, I'm going to go with the hard question. Was this the last Big 12 media days that we see the Oklahoma Sooners at AT AT&T Stadium? I still think if I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet they're going to be at one more. Okay. It's not going to bowl me over if this is the last. It, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's, it's all so up in the air that I have a hard time calling it (laughs) either way. I mean, I just, I just, I just don't know because of the fact that it's just so, it's so convoluted right now. Yeah, it really is. Although I I think the events of the last couple of weeks and, and, you know, when I say that I'm talking about USC and UCLA's Mm -hmm. departure, I think that gets the Big 12 closer, especially if they bring any other teams aboard, any other schools aboard, closer to being able to cut the cord with OU in Texas and not feel like they have to wring every you know cent they can out of the the thing, which is where you know I think a lot of the schools are uh, right now, and and uh, you know really wanting to to push the push the envelope there. I, I think. That if if the Big Twelve brings teams aboard, and uh, you know OU and Texas feel like that number gets a little bit uh, better for them to go ahead and depart, that I, I think there's a, a much better chance of that happening now than uh, you know a, a few weeks ago before the the news about USC and UCLA broke. Let me ask you this, Ryan: Is, is there the possibility of when the new invitees come into the Big 12, we all know who they are, and Texas and Oklahoma are still in, how good is this conference with those teams in? Yeah, with with those teams, I mean, heck, you think, uh, you know, with with Oklahoma, what it's been able to do, uh, you know, uh, in the, the last, uh, gosh, I guess, decade especially, but then with Cincinnati, what it what it's become and what it looks like, it can, you know, be in better position to maintain now than, uh, you know, before it made the move to the Big Twelve. And obviously BYU uh, and, and Texas have a lot of potential and, and could, uh, you know, turn heads as well. Uh, and that's not even mentioning t- programs like you know Baylor. And Oklahoma State that have put together strong runs recently, so it's going to be a really good conference. You know, obviously, would put it probably behind the SEC still in the Big Ten, but uh, you know, right there, uh, really with anybody but the SEC, if those programs come on board, it'd be uh, it'd be a really fun, interesting season, especially to see how they would uh, divide things up as far as conference championship game and, and things like that would be. Really interesting to see what would happen if we do get uh, OU and Texas staying for a year with those four, and uh, you know also which which places OU and Texas gets to visit and what they do schedule wise with all of that. Ryan, what was your big takeaway from Big Twelve Media Days for the Sooners? Uh, you know, for the Sooners, I, I think the biggest thing is just it the it's almost time for 
uh, the talking to stop. And it was a, a much a different vibe from the Sooners than it has been the last couple of years. I mean, uh, you know, OU had just one person on the all-conference all preseason team that was a punter. Uh, they were uh, picked second, although I, I think anybody who reads anything too much into that with how bunched up Baylor, uh, OU, and OSU were in the top three, I, I, I think uh, they're misguided a little bit just because it was so so close there that it's hard to say that, oh, you know, OU get, isn't getting any respect or, you know, that people are thinking OU's down. I, I don't think that's the case. It's just a lot of parody. But you didn't hear any of that talk from uh, OU's players that were Brent Venables. And, you know, in the past, you'd talk about, oh, you know, we got to go prove people wrong and things like that. We heard that a lot with Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, more in season than before the season. But, heck, we heard it a little bit last year, and uh, there there wasn't any of that. Brent Venables has said all the right things to this point. It, it, you know, he's fired up the fan base with the, the, with the way that he talks. But now's the time for that to start transitioning from talking and, and talking about what you want this program to be and, and what you're going to do versus really doing it. And they're about to have that opportunity starting here uh, in just a couple of weeks. Ryan Aver with the Oklahoma and here on ESPN Central Texas Worldwide's along with you sitting in for Matt Mosley here on this Monday. Ryan, is this the biggest question mark hovering over Oklahoma's offense than we've seen in quite some time? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, when you, when you think about uh, quarterback. And, and, you know, obviously Dylan Gabriel's a, a guy that's really highly thought of in a lot of circles, but hasn't done it at the level that OU has come to expect and, and the level that OU has produced over the last few years. And then the transition from uh, what Lincoln Riley was doing offensively to what Jeff Levy does, uh, you know, quite a bit uh, difference there. And then the offensive line that has a lot of question marks as well. And that's not to mention running back and wide receiver where they've got a lot of things up in the air. So there's, there's some potential for them to still be really, really good. And I think the expectation is their offense is going to be uh, pretty good, uh, but there's a lot of question marks that, uh, that, you know, are still very much there uh, going into the season. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that stuff uh, comes together, but a lot of potential, but a lot of, uh, a lot of things have to, come together right for that for that to work out is this league transitioning into more of a defensive league in your mind than it ever has been before since the inception of the big 12 yeah i I think certainly and and part of that is just the way the defenses have reacted to what was going on offensively just a few years ago the just natural ebb and flow of of college football Uh, and i I think also part of it is the the coaches that are brought in you know at, at one point it was a, a lot of really offensive minds uh, that that were directing the teams, and now it's starting to make a shift, as we've seen with Dave Aranda, as we now with Brent Venables, and obviously Matt Campbell up at Iowa State. It's taken much more of a defensive turn, so we'll see if that that trend continues. Uh, you know, especially this year, given uh, some what some of these offenses, the top offenses in the league, lost. I think you could continue to see that shift toward the defensive side uh, this season. Does that make this league more competitive in your mind? Yeah, I think there's no doubt about it that that 
leads to, to greater parity, more of a chance that, you know, any team can knock off any other team uh, in uh, any given week. So I think it makes it more interesting, more fun. Uh, you know, does it make it more entertaining? Actually watching the games, uh, you know, I'll leave that up to each individual listener. But, um, it, you know, in my mind, it makes it at least uh, uh, more fascinating when you look at the overall scope of things rather than just game to game. Do you, do you like watching a game that's, I don't know, 65 to 64, or would you rather see that defensive side of the thing? I, I, I enjoy watching, you know, really good defensive football. And, you know, uh, I, I'm also a guy who enjoy, enjoys, uh, you know, pitching battles in, uh, <laughs> in baseball. So, you know, maybe I'm not the, the one to, to, to base who the, the grand uh, general viewer is going to think, but, I think anything, anytime a game is close, whether it's really highly offensive or, uh, you know, a defensive battle, it's interesting. But in my mind, when you've got really good defenses on the field and you know that they can make stops consistently, and then that to me is uh, when football is, is most fun to watch because when you see those really high scores, I mean, you think about that, uh, you know, the Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes game from a few years ago, mm-hmm. it was just the ridiculous numbers. Yeah, it was great. And it was entertaining. It was fun to watch, but you also sat there and go, what is going on? With these <laughs> defenses? Uh, so it's, it's easier to think of these teams as being overall well-rounded when you get the scores down into, you know, the, the, the reasonable numbers versus what we were seeing just a few years ago. Ryan, with the coaching change and with all of the turnover with the transfer portal, what are fans' expectations of Oklahoma this year? And is there a realistic possibility that by Oklahoma standards they could have a really down year and lose four or five games? Well, I'll start with the first part of that, the expectations. The expectations are still really high when you talk about the OU fan base and you talk about the people who are, uh, you know, the inside of that OU program. Now the, the question becomes a, a, a realistic one of realisticness. And it, it, I, I think there's a chance obviously that OU can win the big 12 and get to the college football playoff. If things fall right for them, their schedule is, is fairly favorable. Their non-conference schedule is, is, pretty favorable so that could happen but on the other side it's been a long time since an OU team really probably since 1999 Bob Stoops's first year and the OU team has had this many question marks and it's not just about the transition although that's obviously a big part of it as they move to a Jeff Levy offense and a Brent Venables slash Ted Roof defense uh, you know this this defense lost a lot of really good players you talk about Nick Benito and, and Brian Osamoa and Isaiah Thomas, Perrion Winfrey. I mean, those were a, a lot of the guys who were, you know, some of the best defenders in the Big 12 over the last couple of years, Delarian Turner-Yell, and then all the offensive question marks that we, you know, talked about just a little bit ago. So there, there's a possibility, I think, that they lose more than they have in a long time. I, I'm not sure that because of the schedule and, and what their non-conference schedule especially is that I would expect that. But, uh, you know, certainly that's something that's uh, on the table 
for this team, and it's been a really long time since you could say something like that. Ryan Aver with the Oklahoma with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Ryan, I certainly do appreciate you hopping on on this Monday afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I hope to talk to you soon. Sounds great. I appreciate you having me on as always. Have a good one, and, uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you before too long, I'm sure. All right, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it very much. There he goes, Ryan Aber with the Oklahoman. High expectations for the Sooners. I I agree. I mean, I don't I don't see any reason why they shouldn't have high expectations. Um, you know, they they got the guy they wanted, obviously. So, I I think they were a little bit in shock when Lincoln Riley left, but I also think it didn't surprise them one hundred percent. Maybe where he went to mm-hmm. more than anything else. But there's been so many rumblings about Lincoln Riley and the Dallas Cowboys that. OU fans had to say, "Well, it's going to happen sometime." Right? So. He's he's kind of he kind of had a wandering eye for a while, mm-hmm. even even though it was just quote unquote reports. But right. there was a lot of those, and usually when there's that much smoke, there's 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 eventually going to be a fire. There was well, and the other thing is with Lincoln Riley, if you'll remember, this wasn't a job that just he pursued one hundred percent. As far as okay, this this is really my dream job. This was this was kind of thrown in Lincoln Riley's lap. Now it worked out wonderfully for him, right? But he he was kind of groomed and and handed handpicked by Bob Stoops, now and that, so that's you know he kind of I hate to say this, but he kind of fell into it. 